The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. Previously a football podcast and previously, previously a Newcastle United podcast. I think we've just about decided on the name now, so uh, that should be good. My name's Will. As usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Gray and Hodgie. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. So, a bit of a different one this time around. We've had a chat, and I think we've established that the very core and the very reason we set up this podcast during lockdown was to avoid talking about the takeover that never was, and we talk about the more positive aspects of Newcastle United. At the minute... There are no positive aspects <laughs> of the football club. We're not going to talk about the Villa result because I think I could only stomach one half. I don't think Hodge watched any of it. And for once, Gray was the only one that watched the whole thing, which was a bit of a weird turn of events. Not going to lie, Steph had RuPaul on in the background, so uh, that was far more exciting than watching I wish fucking Steve Bruce would sashay away. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, just to touch on it quickly, we lost 2-0 away at Aston Villa, which is just the latest in a a shit run of games and a shit run of results. Uh, We're not going to talk about that today because it would just boil our piss to the point of evaporation. So we've decided this time around, we are going to discuss our Newcastle United teams of the decade. Ooh. Yeah, it should be a good one. I know Gray particularly is very excited about this. So <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> he won't be saying that when we rip his team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just for a bit of context, we've all gone away. We've picked our favoured formation. We've picked a starting 11 from a roster of players starting from the 2010 and 11 season, going all the way up to the current season, which is 2020-21. And we've also chosen ourselves a bench. So we've given ourselves five substitutions each. All right then, Monsieur Gray, would you like to kick us off by first telling us the formation you have chosen? Of course. So I've gone for a 4-2-3-1. I think we're all big fans of that formation. And we've played our best football over the last 10 years in that formation. Unfortunately, it was probably under one of the... Well, it's probably a manager none of us really expected to do well under, but we did quite <laughs> well under. <laughs> uh, and to be fair, a lot of my team actually comes from his era as well. Strangely enough. Wait, is this by any chance Alain Pardieu? Is he going to be your gaffer yeah. of the team of the year? Fuck off, is he? 
I mean, we were the most successful with it, but now nah, we'll not include him. That's a really depressing thing. We were most successful. We even hit Europe with uh, Alan Pardew in that one season. That's the thing. Uh, That's the thing. You can't. You've got to give him a, a touch of respect, don't you? Because as you say, he's probably the, the most successful manager of the the decade we're talking about. Even still, I'm not sure he'd be my manager of choice. But great. Would you like to take us through your starting lineup? Let us know the position, and then Hodge and I will be waiting with bated breath to rip it to shreds at the end. <laughs> I can't wait. I think we should hear your teams before we uh, lay into each other. Nah. Yeah, so I think it's only for, okay. <laughs> right. Well, so we start with my goalkeeper. This is quite a tough one in between two, but I, I went for Dubravka. I think he just pipped Tim Krull. I think he's just an all-around best goalkeeper, shot stopper, and he's got better distribution. That's true for one big thing, which let Krull down, I thought. Moving on to centre-backs, I uh, went for Colaccini. I think he's got to be in everyone's team. If he's not, I'm going to be severely disappointed in you both. <laughs> uh, and the second one was quite tough. I would have liked to have seen more of either Shah or Lejeune. But since Shah's had a shocker lately and Lejeune's been hampered by injury and didn't get much of a chance and has been frozen out by Bruce, I had to go for Lascelles. I think his leadership has brought us through quite a lot over the last couple of seasons, although I think he is a little bit off the pace at the minute, unfortunately. Yeah, I was going to say, weren't... If we went back maybe two or three podcasts, you weren't too complimentary about big man Jamal Lascelles, were I'm, you? I'm still not very complimentary about him <laughs> at the minute. <laughs> but you've, you've got to pick it on previous seasons. And he has been our best for a couple of seasons. What about Mike Williamson? Could have gone for him, couldn't you? Uh, he made it to my bench, but has just recently been cut. <laughs> Sorry, I won't, uh, I won't interrupt. Go ahead. So left back, I've gone for Jose Enrique. What were you expecting, like a big fanfare yeah. or something? <laughs> you like paused for applause there. I was waiting for some comments because <laughs> I think he just he just sneaks into the team of a decade by a season. Right back. Gray, just quickly, one thing we should say is that we've only been allowed to choose permanent members of the Newcastle United squad. So loan yes. signings and loan players have not been allowed mm-hmm. for this team. Yeah, I think that's it's a very fair point. That's been the issue. It skippered my forward lineup as well, unfortunately, but I'll get on that later. Right back was a really tricky one, but I've gone with Debushi. Yeah, he's the best of a bad bunch. I think we've always been quite weak at right back. And yeah, he's just managed to squeeze in. Although there wasn't much competition in that position either. So don't know why I'm talking shit. <laughs> so moving on to my two midfielders. Will will be really pleased with one of these. And no, it's not Modiame. It's Isaac Hayden. <laughs> Hayden, great show. Just Mr. Consistent and Utility as well. Then I've gone for two holding midfielders. The other one is uh, Czech Diote. I just thought in his prime, he was, he was just class, never afraid for a tackle, broke up play really well. And I think to have two holding midfielders would be really disruptive to a lot of teams in the Premier League. Then moving on to my three midfielders further up, I've reluctantly chosen Johan Kabai. Uh, reluctantly, just mm. due to how he left and being a bit of a cock. Uh, is, is, is an understatement. So but, have you pushed him quite far up the pitch then? Yeah, so he's playing in that central role of the three. Is it like a central attacking midfielder or is it like he's just about kind of floating between the two and the three? But Yeah, so he's, he's like a central attacking midfielder. Okay. I thought when he was good, that was where he was playing. He linked up really well with Alexis Sissoko yeah. and the likes when he played in that more attacking role. That's why I've gone with him a little bit further up. I had thoughts about 
dropping him back, but I couldn't drop either Tiote or Hayden. Then right mid, I've gone for Hassan Ben Arfith. I just think moments of brilliance and some of the goals he scored, he just deserves to be in the side. Left mid slide. Left mid might be controversial to some, but again, I know Will would be very happy with this one. Gone for Matt Ritchie. Yes, lad. I feel really, really harsh dropping uh, Jonas Gutierrez, but unfortunately, yeah, Matt Ritchie, I think just he gives 110% every game, and I just think his, his desire to do well has pushed players on. And then up front, I've gone for Denver Bath. Denver Bath, Bath, Bath. Loves his strawberry syrup and scoring goals, so <laughs> I mean, how, how could I not pick Denver Bath? you up. Strong. I feel there's a, there's a few goals in that team. There's but, definitely a few goals in that yeah. team. And on the bench, oh, sorry, I should mention Mr. Colaccini is the captain of the side. Very important. Nice. So substitutes, I have Tim Krull. Then I have Jonas Gutierrez, Paul Dummett, Sissoko. <laughs> I'm not going to get into a rant about him. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and ASM. ASM on the bench, Ooh, we won't be happy about that. No. Mind you, fucking Paul Dummett's done well to get onto that bench of a team of the decade. What's the uh, what's the, what's the thinking there? <laughs> Total utility. Uh, <laughs> that is. So, so if you look at the rest of my bench, I don't have a defender. So Paul Dummett can either fill in at centre-back or left-back. And he's also been a consistent, isn't he? You know exactly what to expect. And he's been a loyal servant of the football club over probably the past almost 10 years. So I think fully deserves... I have a Geordie in there somewhere, I guess. Absolutely. Schola was unlucky to miss miss out on the uh, bench. I was thinking the same, actually. Yeah. For his... Uh, Macam abilities. It's always good to have him on the bench, you know, in case of emergency. But yeah, that's that is my team. Very nice, very nice. Very nice. Um, yes, Hodge and I are probably sat here thinking, oh yeah, quite a quite a few players are appearing on the same lists now. Yeah, I think um, so. <laughs> I'd love to see our teams go up against each other in a in a game, though. Maybe there's some way of creating that on on FIFA or Football Manager or something. Hodge, I'm interested to hear your team because I know what formation you've gone for. Yeah, but would you like to uh, take it away and talk us through your your team? Yeah, so I've gone for a four two two two. Uh, it's basically a four-four-two, but the two wide players are pushed a little bit higher. I've gone more tactical than this than anyone else, so it's all good. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. I've picked a gaffer. I've picked Rafa, obviously. Obviously, had to, had to do that. Goalkeeper was a hard choice, I think, between Cruel and Dubravka. It's toss-up. I think, obviously, Cruel's been there longer and has proven himself over a longer period of time. So I went for Timmy, Tim Cruel in goal. Okay. Moving to right back, I went Debushi. He linked up very well between himself and Kabai. I think together they were they were quite a force oh, to, to move down the right hand right hand side. Did they both come from the same they team in France? From Lille, Did we get both yeah. from Lille? Yeah. yeah. So they obviously knew each other from there. Left back, I've gone with Matt Ritchie just for the pure a hundred percent that he gives every game. Just Pippin, Jose Enrique, That's who has dropped out onto, onto the bench. Two centre-backs, I've gone for Colaccini because when he was on form, he was absolutely fantastic. Like, I don't think there, yeah. was, there was a better defender in the Premier League. I would have definitely put him up there with the likes of company and stuff on his day. Really? The other centre-back was <laughs> tough. <laughs> the other centre-back was tough. I've got, because I really liked him when he was at the club, but he went a bit too early. He got bought out by meeting his release calls and that was Chancellor Mbemba. 
thought he was a very, very solid player. He hasn't really been doing too well out in Porto, but I think he's just going to get pipped by Lascelles for me. I think over oh, the time, over the time that we've had Lascelles, I think he's been very, very solid. And he showed us showed us true colours down in the championship and worked really hard to get us back up. I'm also going to captain Colaccini alongside Gray. Then nice. two centre mids. I've gone for Johan Kabai playing a bit deeper because I think he had quite a lot of dangerous stuff back there. I think overall he was a really good player. He could play down there and he could play a bit higher up in, in where Gray's put him. So he's he's making it into there. The other centre mm-hmm. mid was hard. Hayden or Teode. I think Teode is going to probably give me some backlash here, but I think he only really had one or two good seasons. The rest was very wishy-washy, a lot of yellow cards and a lot of very dangerous tackles. <laughs> maybe maybe he's being more red cards nowadays, so it might not have been great. <laughs> so I'm going to pick Hayden just for his sheer consistency. Um, and to keep Will happy. And to keep Will happy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My right winger, I'm going to go with Ben Arthur. Just magical. Uh, it would have been nice to have him being managed by a decent manager. I think it would have been yeah. absolutely unbelievable. Uh, and it was a bit harsh on how he left, <laughs> being called fat and overweight and then sent away to, I can't remember where he went, was it PSG? Did he go to Hull or something? Oh, maybe it's called... He yeah, went to Hull on loan. And then he so went to Nice, didn't he? He could have had, he could have had so much more to give at Newcastle, I think, given the right manager. My left winger, even though he hasn't been at the club for very long, I've picked him just because he brings me absolute pure joy and hope. It's uh, Alan St. Maximin. He's a person who completely epitomises football for me. I like it a bit more attacking. I like it a bit more direct. And he gives that. And he gives, I think, 100%. Maybe he's not on the defensive front. Um, I think my left side and my, my team might be quite weak in that respect. But yeah, ASM gets it for Where's me. Um, so ASM's going on the left for you, Hodge? Yeah. Nice. Okay. And then my two strikers are Papa Cissé and Demba Bar. They never really played too well together <laughs> they always had like mm. one was on the pitch scoring goals and the other would come off and it would be vice versa like that but I think mm-hmm. you can't you can't knock both their two contributions to Newcastle in their kind of shortish time that they were there you see Slate Tiote for having one or two good seasons yeah picks you say uh, sorry I'll come on to that later <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing about yeah but that's a bit different position though isn't it like I think Papa Cissé always took a chance and always looked like he wanted to drive forward with it um, it always took a chance and landed it in Rose Ed. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's it's all about what I thought was the the team that brought me kind of like most joy in what I seen them play, and I thought CC was one of the ones that I really enjoyed to watch. That's the only reason why I picked him. He was exciting. You never knew what to expect, did you? No. Bench uh, Gutierrez is on there. I've also got Dubravka for goalkeeper Shaw of 2018 <laughs> gets on my bench because he was unreal in 2018 and I've got Ryan Taylor there as well and then obviously T.O.D. would fit on my bench Ryan Taylor <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. about to say that's a bit Absolute of a delivery <laughs> machine that bad he had a cracking corner set piece routine everything ah oh, but you've got Kabai in the team he's got yeah, more I've also got Ryan Taylor so if I take if Kabai gets injured I can put him on can't mm. I Matt Ritchie yeah but he's he's already on there I think I think yeah, Ryan Taylor had a better cross than uh, Matt Ritchie. That's all he had, though. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Sorry. The team that brought me joy, man. Team that brought me joy. Love... To see him whipping a ball in brought me joy. I love that we've all said like we're going to rip into each other. We're going to do this. We're going to each other's teams. And when it comes down to it, each and every one of our noses will be put out. <laughs> you fucking what? <laughs> can't, can't take it at all. <laughs> Interesting. Just quickly run through your bench again, Hodge. Taylor Gutierrez. Dubravka, 
Jose Enrique and Tiote. Nice. Yeah, I think there's plenty of goals in that team as well. Lots of attacking threat, especially with the formation. Yeah, I think I've 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 hollered back to the old school Newcastle. Will score five. You can if you score four. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I've gone for there. That was the enjoyable times though. That's when we liked watching football. Uh, right, the team you've all been waiting for, Willie B's team. Here we go. One, two, three. You can't pick Mo Diarme eleven times. Ah, oh, fuck. Alright, well, give me a second to change my team. <laughs> Big fan of the army. Might be a few surprises in here. Oh my god. Similar to Grey, I've gone four two three one, just because I think that gives us the emphasis is really on attacking rather than sitting back and playing five at the back, as Steve Bruce likes to do, but that's another subject. Goalkeeper, I've gone with Dubravka, similar to Grey. I think, yeah, very tough decision on this one. That's why Tim Krull makes my bench. But Dubravka, I think for everything we've stated, the impact he made when he first came in, the impact he had on the squad, that debut against Man United, although you can say Tim Krull had his games like against Tottenham. He's prone to a mistake, but all goalkeepers are. And I think his consistency has been key to us not going down, let's say. Left back, again, we've mentioned this. This is really, really slim pickings especially when you take away the lone players. I mean, the caliber's not even been that great, like the Danny Roses and that, but I've gone for Jose Enrique. But if we'd been allowed loan players, I definitely would have gone for Jetro Willems. Yeah. And although we've all gone, most of us, sorry, me and Gray have gone for Enrique. I'd rather spend the time talking about Villams. I think Villams him... after six months is, uh, I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I just think it's, yeah, ball chap after six months. Well, I think for what he showed in that six months and the attacking outlets, and we all like to see attacking football, I think he would have been cheap. And I think Jose Enrique had a very poor start to his Newcastle career. And he didn't get into it at all, whereas Willems came in, hit the ground running. It probably took Enrique six months to a year to get up to Premier League standard or get really get going. That was in the previous decade, so I've discounted that. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> However, the uh, the sentiment is the same. Willems came in, hit the ground running, and would have definitely been my number one uh, pick for left-back. But in light of that, I've had to go for Jose Enrique. Centre-back number one. I've gone for Captain Colo, so Colaccini. Uh, yes, and he is my captain. I think, just to add to what the guys have said, his control of the ball, he had a great footballing brain. Even when his legs went, he was always kind of two steps or at least alongside the opposition striker. He knew how to play the game and read the game. And in terms of ball-playing centre-backs, he was one of the best in the league. Uh, quite an inspiring captain in the end. So yeah, definitely my first pick for centre-back and also my first pick for captain. Alongside him, so different to what you guys have gone for, I've gone for Fede Fernandez, and I think I'm more than happy with that decision. I think the Argentinian link-up, first of all, is very good. Communication there would be great. Fernandez brings experience. He's commanding. He's calm on the ball. He's not prone to mistakes, although we're leaking goals at the minute. You can't put that down to Fernandez, and Fernandez has made some fantastic tackles and some fantastic performances this year. I think centre-back was the hardest one to pick, wasn't it? Because I think even even now with the squad we've got, it could have been Lascelles, it could have been Clark, it could have been Fede, it yeah. could have been Shaw. Like... Well, yeah, honourable mention, yeah, honourable shout-out to Kieran Clark as well, who's come in and done a great job and been consistent throughout the years. But slim pickings up until the last three or four years. Mm. I mean, you've had your Taylors, your Williamsons, your Mbembers, which um, that's, that one still baffles me, Hodge, but we'll, we'll get on to that. Um, but... <laughs> I think Fernandez and the current crop of centre-backs are probably the best we've had in a long time. And that's all I've got to say on that one. <laughs> I'm interested by this one because you can't pick a Spanish-speaking right-back, so the communication may fall down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> well, it is going to fall down because I think we've all gone for the same right back. So I've gone for Machia Debushi as well. So Machia Debushi or C. Yeah, I think for me, it was a tough call between him and Daryl Yanmat. I think they were both very similar players. Both like to get forward, could link up and did link up well with players in the team. But Debushi has just pipped it for me. Debushi had a better cross than Yanmat. Yanmat got into the danger area and then... That's the thing. He was he was more prone to bursting into the box, Yanmat, yeah. um, and firing it across. But yeah, Debushi for that for that crossing ability is, uh, is not to be sniffed at. I think maybe honourable mention to Danny Simpson as well, who I think came in, did a good job, and his quality is obviously there to be seen as he's gone on to win the Premier League with Leicester and a team that no one expected to to win the Premier League, but we'll not spend too long talking about Danny Simpson. So my two centre midfielders, I think we've all got him in the team or in our respective teams. I've gone for Johan Kebab. I think Kabai was excellent on the ball. He had a cool and calm head. He could pick a pass. His vision was great. Good on a set piece. And I think that that has shown kind of throughout his career. He did us dirty by going to PSG, but, you know, biggest club in France at the time. They spent a lot of money on him. The wages would have been huge. Can't begrudge him too much. And then found his level again at Crystal Palace, I think a couple of years later. But yeah, for the time we had him, as you say, that was probably the most exciting and fun football that we've watched in a very long time. Although under Alain Pardieu, I think he was an architect of the football that we played. And yeah, credit to him. This is where it differs slightly. So great. I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to disappoint you on, on this one. You've not picked Modiami. I've not picked Modiami oh. in my starting lineup. <laughs> I've not. He's no. at the top. Uh, <laughs> that's like blasphemy for you, Will. Right. Well, he's on my bench. So spoilers, he is on my bench and I would play him a lot. Um, but alongside Kabai, and this is purely because I would have loved to see the link up and I would have loved to see them play together and what they could do. I've gone for Jeannie Vinealdum. Yeah, I was just missed out for me as well. Yeah, Jeannie Vinealdum could only play well at home for us, but when he scored goals, he scored class goals. I remember four, four goals he got against Norwich. Yeah, great goals. I think in that team that went down, he was the shining light. And I think maybe up there with Suzuko, perhaps in that single season was probably our best player I think his quality is is there to be seen I mean he's gone on to win the Champions League and been instrumental in that Champions League run with Liverpool and just to remind Will he also won the Premier League he did yeah sorry yes he did <laughs> you love living in the fucking past do you don't you <laughs> um, but yeah Gini Van Aldum is a Premier League winner a Champions League winner and you don't become those things without being a world-class player I mean I think People like Barcelona are now interested in signing him, but he's timeless as well. Always smiles, always positive. Quality goes forward and back. I think he's uh, yeah, he's nailed on, and I think the the dynamic between him and Kabai would have been very very good. He scored eleven and thirty eight in Newcastle, which is not a bad, not bad for a centre mid, is it? Yeah. yeah. In a team that was absolutely dog shit as well. Left attack in mid. So I've gone for the kind of the two rocks and then the, the three who've pushed forward. So left attack in mid. I think we've all mentioned him, but I've actually started Jonas Gutierrez. And I think in my mind, it's because he is a similar ilk to Matt Ritchie. Mm -hmm. So Gutierrez gave us everything. You've got that Spanish tie-in as well with three Argentinians in my team. I've only just realized that now. That's crazy. He remember at the World Cup when he was first choice on the team sheet for Diego Maradona. Yeah. That in itself must say something to you of his quality, but he gave everything. He very quickly became Newcastle through and through. 
I remember those Spider-Man celebrations. I wish we'd seen them a bit more. But he was a class player. One thing I would say about him is that he never looked comfortable on the ball. He was always quite quite gangly and he always looked as if he was about one second away from losing the ball. His legs are too big for his body. His eyes start when he's trying to dribble. He was all all bottom half. (laughs) He's come above that and he's put in some great shifts and he's scored some really inspirational goals for Newcastle United. I remember him keeping us up against West Ham when I think he got an assist and a goal when we were in a relegation dogfight. And that was when... Didn't he come on as a substitute? Yeah. I think he did, yeah. So, fucking absolute super sub. Was that not his first game back when he had testicular cancer and scored a goal? That's what I'm... Yeah, yeah, I think think it may have been. So, the adversity and the, the grit he's shown to come back from that, testicular cancer, to come back from that and inspire the team and take us and take that game by the fucking scruff of the neck and keep us up single-handedly is a real inspiration and his celebration alone when he ran towards the director's box and he held his two hands behind his ears Mm. and he's like where are you now i thought that was fucking class Oh, gee, we got a point. Uh, yeah, I've just had a little bit more read on Gutierrez here. So you said about Diogo Maradona. He named his team for a game and he just went, Mascherano, Messi, Jonas and eight more. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he named a starting eleven for Argentina in the World Cup. That's absolutely fantastic. I mean, arguably the best player ever to have played the game and Jonas Gutierrez is one of the first names on his sheet. I mean, you can't put too much on that. I don't think Argentina did too well at that World Cup, but... It says a lot about probably him behind the scenes in training and his work ethic. So yeah, well-deserved place in the starting lineup. Uh, Centre attack in mid. Gray, I don't think you went for him, but Hodge, you definitely did. And it's Alain Saint-Maxima. You've just got to get him into the team. He's absolutely electric. And he, uh, we've not really seen his full potential this year, I don't think, due to weird COVID. Mid. Yeah, you've got to put him in a central position. Okay. When he's been put out on the wing and isolated, he's not done well at all. Uh, you don't even have him in your team, Gray. You he's he's on my bench. On your bench. Who puts... Fucking Sam Maximal will bench mad. But yeah, one singer, one song. It's my turn. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think his attacking outlet and his drive to get forward. I see Sam Maximal in a similar type of light to Ben Arthur. I think the parallels are are quite clear. They're both quite low centre of gravity. It's hard to get off the ball. Always looking to go forward. Great shot-taking ability and always looking for the goal. So I think, yeah, he's got to be on there and I would put him central because I think leaving him isolated on the wing would be a disservice to him, especially when you've got people like Vinaldum and Kabai potentially feeding into him. Right attacking mid, Again, I think we may have all gone for him, but it's Hatem Benafa. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we've all gone for him. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, the, the guys have said it already, but prone to that little piece of magic that could completely change a game. I think about his goals against Blackburn and Bolton, just when he's taken on whole teams all by himself and, and completely changed the complexion of the game. Yeah, I think someone said it before, but the disservice we did when we just kind of chucked him out when we were done with him wasn't a good tribute to the player that he was when Newcastle United. But but there you go. Striker, Gray, I'm with you on this one. I've gone for Denver Barr uh, in this 4-2-3-1. Hodge, I know you've got him in your starting lineup as well. And I think that's testament to him as well. I mean, could swivel on a sixpence, could score great goals, and he did score great goals. He was a proper striker and was able to bully defenders. I remember him bullying people like Chris Smalling and Phil Jones when we played Man United. It was always there, was always looking for the ball. And I think the link-up between him, Cissé, and Ben Arthur really showed that. So that's my start in 11. Subs, I've mentioned already. Tim Krull, for the reasons I've stated already. I've then gone for another centre-back. 
I've gone for Florian Lejeune just because of his coolness, calmness and composure on the ball. He's a very good player and he's doing very, very well this season at Alaves in La Liga. I still can't believe he's not in our team. Honestly, I think we're missing a trick there. But anyway. Well, you could have put him in yours. You, well, no, I did give him a shout out. <laughs> You're so full of shit. I can't believe he's in none of our teams. You could have no, put no, him in your starting no, line. No, I can't believe he's in our current team, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, sorry, my but bad. I think my the bad. fact he's away on loan is shocking. I know we've got plenty of centre backs to choose from, but he is. I think he is he's mugging Brucey right off at the minute because he said of all the centre-backs he could have sent out he sent Lejeune out who's having the season of his life in Spain um, but ooh, we won't mull on that my next sub would be Matt Ritchie both for the the drive the commitment and the utility aspect of his game you could plonk him at left wing you could plonk him at left back I think you could probably also play him at centre mid if you were really desperate Pitch you could play but him for the- as well if you're desperate yeah, probably. Yeah. But to plug the gap in centre mid, obviously I've gone for Mohamed Diame. I've been flying the Diame flag for a few years now, but especially over the last few podcasts, I think he was absolutely class. And I think now that we don't have him, we really miss him. And there's a hole in midfield that he would slot into very nicely, both going forward, his defensive work. He was a big presence. He was an absolute engine. And I love him. I miss him. <laughs> but Diame, yeah, definitely well-deserved. And then for my striking sub, I've gone for Callum Wilson. Uh, I don't think he's actually been mentioned yet by any of us. No, no, yeah. Um, but come back to that. Probably the only uh, honourable mention, him and Sam Maxima from the current season. Darling. Only honourable mentions. And, well, Darlow, again, didn't even make our teams or the, or the bench. I mean, in this context, great, but, ah, but yeah, okay. for the, the season in isolation, obviously Dollar has been our best player. Yeah. Uh, Wilson, he's come in, he's scored goals straight away. He's on a bit of a drought at the minute, but he's Premier League quality, he's Premier League class, he's international level, and he's the number nine without being a number nine that we've been calling out for for years. And I'm just so sorry for him that he's got a terrible manager that lacks ambition and inspiration. Um, but that's it. That's my team. I was going to say on that Wilson part, like... It's definitely not his fault that he's going to drought. <laughs> and I think it's definitely not yeah. the player's fault for this season in in general. I think it's, we've, we've touched on it before and it totally lies with the management, but there you go. Well, that's this episode of the podcast. We will not be talking about Steve Bruce and his <laughs> putrid fucking He who football. should not be named. <laughs> and the fact that we mentioned so, him twice already. Volder Bruce. Volder Bruce, uh, the football dementor. Anyway... Right, so there's our teams. I will put them all up on Twitter after this. So I'll put them all in the formations they should be in so it helps visualise. But it would be great if you could let us know your thoughts on the teams themselves. We'll probably discuss them in a little more detail now, but I'll put them on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know whose team you'd agree with. Do you think there's any honourable mentions? Do you think there's anyone else you'd put in the starting lineup, Or do you totally agree? I can't me? wait for the backlash of people on, <laughs> on the, the nice, friendly social media platform that is Twitter. Specifically Newcastle United Twitter, yeah. which is just a misery-filled fucking hole of desperation and depression. <laughs> but there you go. Oh, I haven't yeah. come back to that Mr. Sissoko fucking bit yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Musa Sissoko... Making your bench. Just on his on his day, he was world class. I mean, just go back to that game against. I think it was Chelsea when he just bullied Ashley Cole off the pitch. Are you talking about one of the best left backs who probably ever played in the Premier League? And Sissoko just made him look silly. His ball carrying ability, his pace. I mean, I'm just talking about one game here. 
But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think he did offer a lot, and I think he also provided great service by selling himself to Tottenham for a stupid amount of money. <laughs> what you credit him for that? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Oh fucking. <laughs> I think he he's at least an honourable mention. So I was torn between him and Shelby on my bench and uh, Shelby just missed out uh, to Sissoko. I thought on his day he was very exciting. We've all picked players who on the day were world-class and on other days were dog shite. If I was Shelby, I would be raging that he's been picked <laughs> of me. Like. But, but yeah, I, I, just, I just thought he... He did have moments of brilliance, and yeah, I just thought he deserved at least a place on the bench. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's all very personal, this, isn't it? Just Gray happens to be personally wrong. If you're Shelby, he's not even made it into either of your teams, so I'm oh no, that's, pissed that's, off. Yeah, yeah, well yeah. When is Shelby ever going to start before Kabai and Vinalden? But but when when Shelby going to be picked on a bench ahead of Ryan Taylor? That's I mean, that's <laughs> a good point. I needed some <laughs> defensive players. I needed some defensive. You got players. you got Enrique on your bench. Yeah, I went for two defensive, two midfield, two one attacking. I mean, don't don't take it badly, Hodgie, but fucking that's blowing my fucking mind. <laughs> for Ryan Taylor, like. hey, he brought me joy in my uh, castle viewing experience. Fair enough, and you can't you can't knock that. And you we we each have our own favorite players. It just happens that Hodgie's favorite player of all time is Ryan Taylor. I've got some honourable mentions. I've just been writing players down as I was doing this list, and you can kind of say thumbs up or thumbs down whether they should be mentioned but not necessarily starting off with the best one we obviously mentioned Cisse who scored some excellent goals and we've mentioned Jan Matt Johan Gufran thoughts uh, I think this silence was, says it all really <laughs> it was very big though wasn't it because he was he did some really good bits but then it was usually followed by something absolutely dire yeah, he was, he was a lazy. He was quite a lazy player on his day, but scored some important goals yeah, for us yeah. and did that over a number of seasons. So I, th- I thought that's why it was maybe worth mention. He was another player who never really, who was never going to set the world alight, but he was just consistent. You knew what you were kind of expecting from him. Yeah, that left. he was a good servant. He was a good servant. Uh, my next one, Iosi Perez. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I was close to kind of putting him in, but not. He doesn't fit in my formation. I think. His last season at us before he moved away to Leicester was probably his best. He showed kind of yeah. bits of brilliance, but he was too light. He was like Florian. Very weak. Tovan, he was very light. Remy Cabello was very light. Mickey Amiron. <laughs> yeah, true. Pretty light. <laughs> true. I've one honourable mention who I think we've done disservice by not including is Roman Amalfitano. <laughs> <laughs> what? Lol, jokes. Nah, I'll just take the fucking piss at you. Did he actually even play a fucking game for us? He's up there with like Media Bead and Matt Sells. Hey, I can't wait for us to do Matt, this. Matt, this worst. Worst oh, yeah. Ever. Sorry. We won't talk about it too much because in a future podcast, we will be doing the worst team of the decade, in our opinion. So we've got far more to, to that choose one. from in a way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 the pool is much bigger for that one. Yeah. Got a couple more, though. Andros Townsend. Thumbs up, thumbs down. He was on loan. He wasn't. We bought him and then sold him in the same season. Oh, did he? I thought he was on loan. My bad. No, bought him and sold him. So he counts. He's on this list. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down. But yeah. nothing that stuck. Uh, nothing that I can really remember him doing. He scored I mean? some incredible goals. Like you always did. Like some of the goals he scored for England, just cutting it off that left hand side and, well, right hand side and smashing it with his left foot. Um, Poor man's eye and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> He was a he was another one that became a fan favourite almost immediately as well. Mm. And I don't looking back at it now and reflecting, I can't actually think why. 
It's Other because we had like goals. I don't think we had anything going for us that season, and when we got the it, team was absolutely it was just shit. it was just like a bit more up and at them. You know what I mean? Like I suppose he, he brought a bit more quality into the team, didn't he? He was more Premier League caliber, whereas we'd been looking to, to the continent for the last few years. Mm. Well, I think he was a full England English. international, wasn't he? So yeah, uh, the fact that we signed a full England international, I think, probably brought that kind of that, I keep banging on about it, that hope and that kind of excitement to the team, which I think uh, we desperately needed in that season. Uh, definitely um, and the last one for me would be Miggy Armoron but I think we've maybe started off well and we all really want to love him and we really want him to do well but unfortunately it's not just it's just not happening is it for him nah it's he's had his he's had his time to to impress and I think it's it's kind of over yes he yes he runs, period of grace he runs and smiles and it looks like he's trying but his his end product quality is is not good. I think he's just playing with too much restraint and I think he's basically been told to try and keep the ball. I think he's, he's far better when he plays in that free spirit, kind of just go for it. Uh, and I think he's seen that in the last few games. He is just starting to go for it, but I think he's too busy trying to cover us defensively to actually be a threat going forwards. I'm really surprised yeah. that Bruce hasn't done something like, because obviously Bruce's tactics are, are quite, let's say, old school. I'm surprised he hasn't started him uh, alongside Andy Carroll up top and just lumped balls because if anything's going to work for Steve Bruce it's going to be Sunday league tactics isn't it like just get it up yeah. to the big lad who flicks it on for a really quick lad who's got no one in between him and the keeper true he couldn't help it could he Gray? I know fourth to time we've me. mentioned and Bruce in this podcast poor <laughs> <laughs> well, Hodge Hodge has been so fucking Steve driven Bruce into the ground by the in my head rent free yeah. we're going to need to start this, uh, this swear jar but it's a Steve Bruce jar every time <laughs> we, uh, we mention Steve Bruce on this podcast we need to put a fiver in it and we just go drink it that's all yes we can drink it <laughs> it's the only situation where you could say Steve Bruce is a fucking wanker and you have to put a pound in the jar for saying Steve Bruce rather than fucking wanker <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that, they're the kind of honourable mentions that I've got. I mean, I've got a long list of players, but a lot of them made the starting lineup or the bench. Is there anyone else you guys like to throw in the ring? Um, there probably was when I was looking through it a bit earlier, but no. Oh, Chancellor Member. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Chancellor Member. You're me. Uh, one more. Rob Elliott was a, was a good servant. He, he did well when he uh, was called upon. Um <laughs> Right, I think we're losing it now. We're just naming I, players now. I, I think I think he deserves I think he deserves a shout out. We all love Rob Elliott, but I think that maybe clouded our vision of his footballing ability. Maybe he was a good player, but you could probably put Steve Harper in the ring for the same reasons. Jerry Barton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he looks. He actually loves the club and bigs up the club loads. But the club are like, ooh, it's kind of like the cousin that's like been to jail, and you're like, no one really wants to speak to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean. Yeah, I don't think much more needs to be said about Joey Barton. <laughs> right, I think that just about rounds off the NUFC team of the decade. I think if you pit them together, mine probably win, but that's fine. I'm not biased at all. One thing we could do, actually, in the future, we could do a Newcastle United best ever five-a-side team. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, good, okay. One with a bit more enthusiasm there, but that's fine. It'd be, quite, well, it'd be really uh, tough to choose. I'll make though. sure it happens. Really tough to well, choose. that's the whole point. That's why it's so entertaining. How many says we like? 25. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, real long, real long. He'll be a world class fire side player. He would be shit. Oh, he oh, can't oh, shoot man. for shit. All right, all right, all right. Let's go through. Hodgie, I think you mentioned it earlier, but I think you've prepared something for this podcast to round us off. Yeah, I've got a two lies and a truth. What did I call it again? Player opposer. 
I think it's a really shit name. I'm gonna have to do something else. We'll do two truths and a lie. <laughs> Come on, right, go ahead. I haven't got a, um, a jingle for that. Right, yeah. So I've got two truths and a lie. You've got to tell me which one he thinks the fake one. All right. Okay. First one. Arsenal played a game versus Dynamo Moscow in the 1940s. This is another fog-related one, mind. The fog was so bad that the referee didn't notice that one of the Arsenal players, who he had previously red-carded, snuck back onto the field. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to know where you get all your fog-based facts from. (laughs) Fogonthetime.co.uk for all your best fog-based facts. Yeah, man. Right. The second one. An overzealous celebration in Argentina's Primera division in the late 90s saw Oscar Acosta stab the only match ball with the corner flag. The game was suspended by 35 minutes until a ball was bought from a local sports store. What the hell? And then the last one. At a lower league Irish game in the 90s, the club had arranged a minute's silence for the oldest fan after his death earlier that week. The club, however, had been misinformed and the eight-year-old walked in on his minute silence. <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine coming in and there's just your big photo with some flowers around and the players all stand around it in the middle of the park. Everyone in the stadium, you're dead and then you walk onto the pitch. Not better. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Oh, they're good ones there, Hodge. Fuck. So there's two chips in there. We've got someone sent off during a fucking game that snuck snuck back onto the snuck sneaked. Made his way back onto the pitch. We've got the ball getting burst by the corner flag and having to buy one in the shop. And then we've got the kid that was dead but wasn't dead. Yes. Probably could have phrased it a bit better than that. When was the ball stabbed by the corner flag? What year? It it was in the 90s, sometime in the 90s. Was that about the time Diego Maradona was playing in Argentina? I can imagine him being the crazy fucking bastard (laughs) to just go and stab a fucking football. I feel like I've heard that one before. But I'm sure yeah. you, in, the nine, in the 90s, you would have thought they would have had at least one spare ball. I mean, they must have warmed up with balls, surely. They couldn't have had one ball to kick between like 30 In the 90s, yeah. I can give you the club that I was for, and it was like quite a, a new club in the division. It was Atletico Velez Sarsfield, actually a team that Jonas Gutierrez played for. Well, because you're giving us that knowledge, is this a bluff or is that a, does that legitimise the... The fact. I suppose oh, that's you're totally not... up to you. To, to, to I think <laughs> me green here. I think the fact is probably true, but the fact they had to wait 35 minutes for them to go buy a ball from a sports shop. From a shop. And is that ball like league standard or what? I don't know. Do they even have league standard balls in there in Argentina? I don't I think mean, they care. This is this is sharp becoming not very entertaining the more we analyse. So Hodge, is it two truths and one lie? There's two truths in there and there's one lie. Two truths in there. Yeah. For my lie, I'm gonna go for the I'm gonna go for the third one, the memorial one. You're going for the I'm gonna say that's my lie. Yeah, okay, the minute silence on, yeah. Yep. That's the that's lie. My lie. Okay. I'm gonna go for the fog one. The player going back on after being sent off. Okay. So <laughs> So Gray's gone for the fog. Will's gone for the minute of silence. The lie was the overzealous celebration in Argentina where the ball was... Stopped. Are you mad? <laughs> Seriously? I made that one up, yeah. I found, I found a player from a not very known Argentinian team. He's actually a player that Oscar Acosta. He was a striker. But well, I you it. built the story around it. Uh-huh. Fuck me, you're becoming... You're taking it to the new, the next level here, Hodge. Fucking hell. Good though, isn't it? So that, the one-minute silence actually happened? Yeah. <laughs> it was the Little League Irish game in the 90s. Jeez, the club had been misinformed because he was in hospital, 
but they were misinformed that he actually got better and they thought he died. So they're like, oh shit, we'll, we'll, put a, we'll put a minute silence for him at the game and he got wheeled in. <laughs> Well, everyone was being dead quiet for him. Yeah, I mean, funny. a lot of you say misinformed. Can you really be that misinformed? He's either dead or alive. Yeah. Um, fuck, that is messed up. Well, you've done us both dirty there, Hodgie. Yeah, Thanks for that. <laughs> and I think that just about rounds it up for this episode. We're immediately a lot happier doing this episode because we've not actually talked about the current season, the current football we're playing. Hodge tried his best to bring it up several times. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll take like the learning. Pick. Yeah, we'll take the learnings and we'll maybe look to do more episodes like this going forward, just so we have some distraction from the football, even though this podcast is meant to be about the football. Until we you win. I mean. And then we can Until we win. Then we'll be back with a back. Doing uh, previews and reviews and stuff. Yeah, fuck that. Until we have a new manager. It's almost like a virtual boycott, this. Um, But there you go. I've definitely had fun. Hope you two have had fun as well. As I said, I'll put the teams up on Twitter afterwards. I think, Hodge, you'll probably do the same for Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, or you can find us on Facebook by searching Talk of the Tune Podcast. You can find our podcast on Acast, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We'd very much appreciate it if you could give us a follow on one of those platforms and give us a five-star rating where available. Thanks very much indeed in advance. Um, Thanks very much for joining us and we will hopefully see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.